Hello everyone, I'm Chi Wei and I'm one of the teacher trainer for Solving the Monkey Puzzle course. Today we will be looking at the social development of our young learners and why it is important for us to know some basic knowledge of their development. Their, not only their so, so, social skills, but also their psychological development that is connected to perhaps the cognitive abilities and also connected to their emotions, how they develop with their emotions as well, because they are also connected, yeah? So let's have a look. Done. So we will look at how they develop their social skills in terms of their progress, their social development progress, and how it would affect our classroom. I will be giving you some real life cases that I have or my colleagues have, and we will be talking about them, giving you the solutions Perhaps you also have similar situations. And another reason why I want to talk about the social uh, development is because even though we are ESL teachers, we still need to know our learners psychologically. And so we can reach from this presentation a common understanding on why sometimes our management doesn't work or sometimes our methods and approaches, they just stop working or they don't work. And it's not 100% on you or on them. It is that they are growing every day or they've suddenly uh, maybe changed their personality after the break and you wonder why, yeah? So, um, I have this really good quote by Maria Montessori and I really like it. It's uh, education cannot be effective unless it helps a child to open up himself to life. So when I think about this sentence, um, I think about children when they go to school and they start learning new information. What us teachers need to know is that the subject we teach them, it has to help them much more than just giving them information. For example, if we are teaching them English, then this subject, within this subject, they have to learn much more than a language. Otherwise, he's not going to gain much from it, right? So if we are teaching the children English, we also need, need to teach them how to socialize with other people because that would open the door to much more, way beyond English. And that, that really goes well with adults as well, not just for kids. Um, but that's another topic to talk about for another time. So yeah, so once we bring more than the subject to the children, they respond to it much 
better than if you only, you know, narrow, narrow yourself down to only teaching the language. And this happens a lot with teachers who don't really like teaching children or they just don't understand why we need to develop their other areas before teaching them English. Yeah, some language teacher go like, well, I'm an English teacher. Why should I do this and that and that and this? Why should I develop their social skills? Why should I teach them how to do pair work? Well, it's because of us young learner teachers teaching them that they are able to do it as adults, yeah? They cannot skip this, yeah? We still need to be one of those contributors to their social development, their psychological development. Okay, so if we start from early years and young children, so from early years when they are born to the age of perhaps two to three, they learn their social skills from the parents, either by mirroring or by mimicking their actions. They learn them through parents and they listen to their parents' conversation. They also listen to how the parents react to them. So this is why children in this age, they are very they are very fragile. They are like sponge. They soak in information really fast. Um, so how does this apply to us in an ESL classroom? It applies to us because sometimes when we get a three-year-old to our class, we start noticing like their behavior, something is just like not right with their behavior. It is because their family background, right? Maybe their family background is quite, uh, sorry, their family background is quite toxic. And this is why they bring those traits into the classroom. Or their family is just very loving, very kind, and they don't speak ill of anyone. And so they come into the classroom and they're like angels, they're like sunshines, and they have like a lot of love in their heart and they are confident. That is to do to the fact that their family background is great. And coming to our class, they also behave that way. The kids, they behave the way the family is. So if your classroom management don't work, um, it's probably to do with their family. It's not really completely on you. How you can deal with this is you can try to, you know, little by little develop his social skills, yeah? And then introduce him the management system, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, or you can do both, but little by little and don't expect great results in one day. It may take two lessons, it may take four lessons, some kids may take six lessons. So this is not mathematics. It's not like you put one plus one, it equals to two. No, with some kids, their development is slower depending on maybe their physical and mental health, depending on their family background also. So if something just doesn't work in two, three lessons, 
don't be hard on them and don't be hard on yourself. It just takes longer time for some kids to improve their social skills, to develop their social skills, etc. And in our ESL classroom, so some of us, we work in freelancing and some of us, we work in a private language company. So that means that these kids, they go to the kindergarten before coming to us. What that means is that they bring their social behaviors also from their kindergarten and they are influenced over there at the age from three to six, they are influenced over there and they develop their social skills over there on how to work with others, how to work with a partner, how to work in a group, how to work as a collective group. So they learn these things over there. And whoever they are friends with, it will also influence their social skills which means that we have a group, they have a group of kids over there of maybe 10 to 20 from different family backgrounds. So they can grab any traits from those kids and those kids environment also. And this is why once they get to our class, they can be a little bit confused on how to behave and what to do, what not to do. And they see other children that perhaps they don't know. Yeah, so they can be shy. If the child never attended kindergarten, which that is quite a few, quite a few cases for a few students per group, then they might be very shy, especially if they are three to six year old, they might be super shy comparing to those who's been in the kindergarten already. And the traits they have might be silent, quiet, super shy, super sensitive, want to cry all the time. And it is very important for us to notice these, like why they are crying, yeah? And not get too personal with it because I do know some teachers who get very emotional and personal when their kids just, non-stop crying in the class um, and they push them or they push the kids who are quiet to try to answer questions yeah which you really don't need to actually and I will tell you a case uh, maybe it will help you to understand better so when I was still in the academy to be trained as a preschool teacher I went to a kindergarten for a practicum. And over there, there was this amazing kindergarten teacher. Like she's very experienced, like she's very loving also. And that week I happened to see one girl. She, her name was, I forgot her name, but maybe it's not a good idea to say her name here. Um, so, She's very new to, she was very new to the group and she was super shy. She didn't cry. So she, that, that was a good thing, but she was very quiet. She was reluctant to participate in many activities that include speaking. 
So what the teacher did was that she found a comfort space for the girl. Uh, the girl, uh, yeah, the space was, I, if I remember correctly, in the back, it was a poster of alphabets, like very cute picture. So she found the space and she sat this girl down over there. And the whole entire time, the girl just sat over there and, you know, listened and play around and touching the poster. And this, this girl didn't seem like she was bored of the poster, bored of her corner, because she never left that space unless if it was breakfast or it was time to go out for a walk. So she would be there. Um, she, every day coming to the kindergarten, she wouldn't say hi to anyone. She wouldn't greet. But the teacher didn't do anything to her. She just happily sat her down in that comfort space and like, okay, here's your space. You can sit here all you want. The, the amazing thing happened the following week is that this girl came to the kindergarten. And the first thing she said to the teacher was, hi, teacher. How are you, teacher? And then she went straight back to her comfort space and said so it was like an improvement like wow she suddenly said hi to the teacher cool excellent well it's not really that sudden she was you know getting used to the environment so you can see like this process could be long it took a week in the kindergarten where she uh, um had gone every day so if we apply it to our ESL classroom, sometimes it takes the kids even more than a month because they come to us only twice a week. They only have twice a week to get used to the environment. So if you see that they are not talking at all, just nodding their head or shaking their head, it's still fine because they're still developing their their sense of um, security in the world also and understanding the world around them. So that is a solution for you. Okay, um, more on the, the social aspect of the kids. Um, I have another, well, it's not a case, but there's a video that I watched back in my uh, years in the academy is this video showed that if kids are grown in a family that neglects her a lot, the video shows that this girl slowly, slowly becomes very mischievous in the class. She does anything in the class to just annoy people around her not just the teacher but also the other kids and then as she grown a little bit in a little bit towards her teenage year she begins to put a lot of makeup like not like light makeup I think light makeup is understandable for teens but she starts to put like really heavy makeup and you know later on start doing drugs and everything like that so yeah so in this scenario you you can see where i'm getting at if she's in an esl classroom yeah as an early uh ch like child then she's going to misbehave a lot to get, get attention 
And the solution to it is not to ne neglect her completely, but not to, not to accept the behavior in the same time. Um, not to accept is that she needs to know there's a consequence as well, yeah? But not to neglect her, it's because like the way she is, it's because of the neglection from the parents. So you have to be very careful on that. Just because she misbehaves doesn't mean that it's completely because she's bad person. No, it's because of how she, how, how it is her in her family, how they communicate with her um, and how, you know, toxic they are. So beware of that. And there we go. So <laughs> the next um, point we're going to talk about is the twins. We love the twins, don't we? <laughs> this year I have a lot of twins actually, and they drive me mad. So this is another reason why I'm doing this presentation is to remind me to be Zen. <laughs> it's not me, it's not them, it's the process, it's the psychological process and everything else. Yeah, so we have to remind ourselves every day, uh, no matter how experienced we are or no matter how uh, newly qualified you are, you still need to have this mantra, be Zen <laughs> with twins. Okay, so um, twins, how do they develop their themselves and how it affects our ESL classroom. So first, uh, when they get to the tween age, like 11 to 13, they begin to have their own values. Yeah, they, they, begin, they be, begin to analyze life more than before. And that's when they begin to have peer pressure. Yeah, they begin to identify themselves through their friends, through the latest trends, like movies, music, the top hits, you know. So they identi identify themselves through these items. The good thing is that they are able to participate in longer projects. So, for example, if you want to do role play with them, that takes more than two, three lessons, they are able to do it, um, which they, they are able to do it when they are younger, actually, but you need to, you know, help them to develop that area so they can, so by the time they get to the tweens age, they are able for sure to do a longer term projects. Um, so, uh, and the good thing about it, it means that they can already socialize with groups. They already know what is pair work, what is group work. They already know how to take turns with um, their friends, like letting them have their ideas and then putting their own ideas. So these are the things they should already have developed and know in this age. If not, then you need to uh, help them to develop it uh, at that point, even if you're an English teacher, because that will help your classroom a lot. And if they mess around and if your methods don't work because they don't have that skill, again, it's not the method, it's not 
the activity. It might be just the fact that you need to help them out with their social skills. And at this age, you know, like when they are socializing with you, they are beginning to question your classroom rules because they are analyzing what is fair to them and what is unfair to them. So you can sometimes hear them saying like, oh, teacher, this is not fair. Sometimes it's because they're being brats, but <laughs> sometimes it is because your rules are being unfair. So maybe not unfair, like you did something on purpose, but maybe the consistency, right? If you're not consistent with your classroom management, they will not think about consistency because they still don't really get what is done. They're not teachers, but what they will analyze that, they will analyze from that point to unfairness, yeah? So you have to make sure that you are consistent with your classroom management, and this would be the reason why your system doesn't work sometimes, yeah? And that happens to me because sometimes I forget to be consistent. <laughs> sometimes I'm bored of being consistent. So I, you know, um, get out of the uh, system and then they go like, teacher, this is not fair. And then I remember, oops, it's actually, yeah, I have to be more consistent. <clears throat> and then um, they also learn to accept and value other point of views. So this really helps us with our classroom, actually. So when they are not accepting your rules and you feel like your, your methods just don't work anymore, your activities just boring to them, like you can start negotiating with them. Um, I have a case where I have this uh, tween. She is, at the moment, she is 12. And when she was 11 back in November, it was easier actually to, to, to give her activities. But as she turned 12, she begins to start questioning my rules. She starts to do, question my activities. And she sometimes don't want to do something. But I tell her the reason behind why we are doing this. And every time I do it, like I take the like enough patient to explain to her why we're doing something she she responds well to it she's like uh okay i will do it or if she's really lazy <clears throat> which happens if she's really lazy then i would negotiate with her right because tweens and teens they begin to learn how to negotiate so you can develop that skills in them too which is a useful skill to have. And, and in terms of teenagers, I'm going to make this short. Um, as you know, teenagers, they start having their puberty crisis. And due to that, they will begin to have mood swings and they can also try to harm themselves. And um, I'm going to tell you one point that might be useful for you in the ESL class is that in your classroom, you will notice that romance would be a big issue in your class as um, they begin to have attraction towards uh, another person. And 
this would cause a lot of um, <laughs> stress in you as you see that some girl and boys, they would try to hug each other in the class. They don't want to separate. They don't want to work with others. So this, this you can notice it. And when your classroom management, they, when, when they don't work, then you know like, oh, it's not the system. It is just them growing and um, cases, I have a case where uh, one couple in a summer camp, um, they are always stick together. And I do like little tricks to them to find, find, find themselves a little bit disgusting, which is not, not the best solution, but it was the, the one that I found and it worked. Is I would look at them and I go like, oh my God, you guys are so nice to each other. I got, are you guys siblings? I see like some resemblance in your faces or something like that. And I remember those two, they, they got a bit disgusted by each other and go like, you we're not brothers and sisters. And they um, move on with their task rather than continue hugging. So you can, you know, do these little tricks on them and also use their peers as a tool to, 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 to get them to do something. So if you have like a good kid in your class, you can compliment that good kid very like a lot. And this kid will be like the popular one. You go like, oh, you're so cool or something like that. And the other kids will be like, oh my God, this kid is cool. So they begin to have peer pressure. And even if your students, um, they seem to not care about the other people, it doesn't mean that they really don't. So you have to remember that teenagers, they like to be alone, but not necessarily um, all the time. So you can just, you know, slowly invite them to a task, like, like, oh, they're doing the task already. Would you like to join? And then they would join. Yeah. Try to avoid uh, yelling at them or avoid um, punishing them like severely, like going like, if you don't do this, uh, you're going to get out of my classroom. <laughs> don't do that because the reaction that this teenage might have is that they might just leave the classroom and there would be nothing else you could do. <laughs> so beware of that. But yeah, okay. Um, those of you who are listening to the podcast, you probably won't see this video, but um, but you will hear uh, what's going on there. So I'm going to show you a short clip on one boy beginning his journey in the high school. So he just turned teenage. He just turned a teenager and he's beginning to understand life there in a dramatic way. But that's how teenagers are, actually. So here. Hey, Matthew, you survived day one, huh? Hey, it's young, sir. So is old. Yeah, I'll be the one face up with this too. Okay, Matthews. You know, Mr. Turner. You know that book you gave us, The Odyssey? Yeah. Did the guy in that get home alive? Yes, he did. He gets past the Cyclops, the evil sirens, and the clashing rocks. Did he go to this high school? No. He's a nothing. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Yeah, you see? So they really, 
take this to the next level uh, in, in their high school. And it's same for our ESL classroom. This is another reason sometimes maybe our methods and approaches, they don't work. It is because they, they see this thing, you look at it as a small problem, but in their eyes, they make it very big. So um, the solution to that is just to break the steps down in a smaller chunk. So they are uh, easier for them to maybe um, soak in to accept like, okay, this doesn't look so bad. And this is something that I also have to remind myself. And I think it's a useful reminder that even though teenagers look um, mature and older than the very young learners, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that their brain is completely developed like an adult. Let's move to the next slide. And that is, where you can see the reference. So um, if you want to know more about the child's uh, psychology, the social and emotional development of each age, I wasn't able to cover all because it is a really huge topic. So if you want to take a look at them more detailedly, you can ask me for the link to this presentation. And over there, you can uh, click on the various uh, ages uh, you, you want to learn about. Okay, so this is the end of our presentation and I'll see you next time. Bye.